Damien Grant's a high-profile liquidator, a Sunday Star Times columnist for Stuff, and a well-known supporter and member of the Taxpayers Union. Damien, thanks again for joining Taxpayer Talk. It's always a pleasure to be on, Jordan. You've put a um, quite a, um, uh, I don't know, I don't think controversial is the word, but quite an impactful piece in the Sunday Star Times in the weekend in relation to um, Orang of Tamariki, and specifically a recent family court decision that is suppressed being the family court. But uh, you have um, gone through the judgment and written an opinion piece uh, to basically shine some sunlight on what appears to be quite extraordinary findings and workings uh, in the agency responsible for protection of our children. Um, perhaps you can take us through what you can, because I appreciate there's a lot of details that um, are suppressed, but perhaps you can bring um, listeners up to speed on how you came across this case and why it's why it's so concerning for you. Well, I saw it reported and was able to obtain a copy through uh, staff on some reasonably strict guidelines. But the the... <clears throat> What actually attracted me to the story and the, and the possibility of a column was the news stories about the chief executive, Sir Wira Gardner, getting on the phone to the head of the family court and the district court judges to complain about the way that the judge was treating some of his staff. They were apparently reduced to tears. You mean a, 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 the judge treating Oranga Tamariki staff? Yes, yeah. So the chief executive of Aranga Tamariki complained to two senior judicial officers the way that the judge, um, Peter uh, Kalinikos, uh, I think that's the correct pronunciation, was grilling some of the ministry's staff. And that was originally where I was going to go with the with the column because that struck me as reasonably severe to judicial interference and my thinking at at the time was that that was just simply wrong the judge himself pushed back pretty hard uh, and it got out into the into the public domain but when I read the judgment that was the least of the things that jumped out at me the way that the judge addressed what had happened and his analysis of the case was really remarkable. It's actually interesting from a, a judicial perspective. The judge took almost a continental uh, approach. He he took the um, um, an inquisitorial approach rather than the more Anglo-Saxon style. And he was unapologetic about that in the judgment because he felt that he needed to take an inquisitorial approach to get to the to the bottom of what happened. And what had happened here was just so stark and so terrible and so wrong that I I changed the the direction of where I was going. So what we had here is we had a policy, and the policy was that where possible, Maori children should be placed with Maori uh, families. You know, objectively, I don't have a problem with that. It it seems that that's probably a, a good thing where it can be achieved. Uh, but for whatever reason, that's not what happened here. Uh, and the the young girl in, in question, she was three. 
she was taken from her uh, birth mother and she was placed with this couple down in the Hawke's Bay. And reading the judgment, these seemed like a really decent couple. The, the judgment outlines some really grim stuff about this girl's first three years in, in life and obviously can't be reported and shouldn't be reported. You said in your article, but what happened was beyond neglect. And I think we can, re um, and you make the point that the new caregivers um, gave her a home that was violence and drug free, which I think is yep. somewhere safe was... to live, someone to love them without hesitation or reservation. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and part of the issue was that there was at some point, and it's outlined in the judgment, we won't go into it, but, it, but at some point, uh, another set of caregivers who were connected to this child's whanau came to the attention of uh, Oranga Tamariki. And, you know, again, if you, if you go back to the start, three years when, the, when this girl was three, that couple may well have been a better fit, arguably. I don't know all of the details, but that was a possibility. Um, but she'd spent three years in a new home and she was fitting in and she was doing really well. Because, um, and there was one individual at the centre of this case, um, but there are others as well, that because of this policy decision that they wanted Māori children with Māori uh, whānau, that a decision was made that they wanted to move this now six-year-old girl from, a, from a, an environment that she was thriving, and that's a word that was used in the judgment, into this, uh, these other caregivers. And these other caregivers come across really <clears throat> well in the judgment. They sound like just fantastic people in their own right. The, the, these were the people challenging the, the, the ministry? Well, they weren't challenging the ministry. They they put their hand up and say, yes. Um, so they, they they came to the attention of Orangi Tamariki through uh, other reasons outlined in the judgment that I won't go into. But they, they would have been a good place for this girl. Oh, sorry, these are the alternates. I'm with you. Sorry. These, yeah, yes. these were the alternates. So that, that would have been a good place, uh, a potential placement when she was three, but she's now six. The, the, the ministry and its staff then made a decision, we want to move this child, and they went about a, a process to affect that that was disgraceful. And the, the, the judgment outlines a lot of the things that they did that were dishonest, um, the judge described it as abusive towards the little girl, and uh, and it's really difficult to reconcile a government agency that is meant to put the interests of the child first with what happened in this case. Uh, and the thing that that really jumped out and, and came back to my original interest in this is when the chief executive became aware of what was happening and that his staff who the, the the judge challenged the the accuracy of the evidence being put before him and 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 that was part of the issues that, that came out but the chief executive's initial response was not to think goodness there is something wrong in this organization and i need to address it his instinctive reaction was to get on the phone and talk to a couple of judges. 
And that just strikes me as this is an organization that is just so dysfunctional. They it's have unbelievable. A, I mean, they it, have a, the, the executive coming down on the judiciary like that, but what even worse, it appears that at least part of the judiciary played along. It's, it's simply unbelievable that this would happen in, in um, 21st century New Zealand. Well, you know, um, it wouldn't have happened in, in, in 19th century, but it's I guess it's happening here today. But, yeah, that's the other thing. The, the I, chief... I just want to – you express it so well in the piece. I, I, I want to quote it. And uh, um, apologies in advance. It's, it's a couple of paragraphs. You say, Oranga Tamariki was placing adherence to a cultural belief, a policy, a dogma, ahead of the interests of a six-year-old girl who had suffered grievously in her first three years and was thriving in her new home. Quote, this is a quote from the judgment, I take it. From the very moment Moana went into the care of the caregivers, that's the, um, that's obviously the part whose name's been removed, she found love, stability, devotion, nutrition, freedom from family violence and substance abuse. Close quote. By contrast, the ministry staff were so devoid of their new policy, sorry, so devoted to their new policy, they disregarded the child's interests. Again, quoting the judgment, the actions of social workers were emotionally and physiologically abusive of Moana. The actions were driven more by Oranga Tamariki's entrenched desire to remove the child from a stable placement than anything to do with her well-being objectively measured. Close quote. And then, after a couple of paragraphs, you put it so simply, and this is what caught my attention and why I think it's a taxpayers' union issue, albeit unusual that we'd get in, that we'd talk about a family court decision. But it's this: ministry staff lied relentlessly to the caregivers, to themselves, and to the court. And the question I have for you, Damien, is is now having blown the whistle on this, forty eight hours later, is there any sign of accountability within the uh, within the ministry? Or is this because of the current COVID situation just not getting the attention it deserves? Well, it's hard to know. I would expect that a lot of the stuff would happen behind closed doors. If staff were going to be taken to task over this, I wouldn't expect that to be to happen in the public, and, and nor should it. Uh, but I, I would have thought that a public mea culpa by this organisation that has been on the receiving end of this sort of judicial criticism is appropriate. It's very difficult, I imagine, to reform an organisation that has lost its way in such a catastrophic fashion. You can turn around and say, well, this is the actions of one individual. But when you read the judgments, it's clearly not the actions of one individual. And the culture of the of the organisation that was rushing off to complain to the judges rather than to, to address the problems would seem to indicate that there is a systemic problem within that organisation. And I don't, I don't, I mean, there's been no comment from the from the minister. Um, uh, the opposition hasn't picked up on it. The Attorney General hasn't, notwithstanding involvement, notwithstanding um, Marty Sharp's piece and stuff um, outlining the judicial intervention, yeah. I've seen nothing from the, in fact, I emailed the Law Society last week about it and had a... Um, had a response that I just could not believe. They said, quote, The New Zealand Law Society is not aware of the facts of this case beyond the reported story. The Law Society was not involved in any way, and we would be speculating as to whether this is, in fact, a situation which raises a rule of law issue of public importance. 
As such, we will not be commentating on what or commenting on what has occurred to any party, close quote. Now, I'm very reliably informed that that's actually the Law Society's um, uh, staff is making that decision and that it has not even gone to the Rule of Law Committee at the Law Society. And I'm reluctant to criticise my own professional body, but I'm, I'm going to be writing to um, to the head of, of the public law um, uh, section because if this, if a reported case in a court minute of the chief executive of a major government agency getting on the phone about proceedings while they're live with the chief uh, uh, family court judge, and then that judge, on apparently reportedly on the behalf of the ministry, uh, are making inquiries, does not raise issues of public importance and rule of law. My law degree means nothing, or my legal training as a um, as to what the rule of law is and separation of powers means nothing. Yeah, that's. Um, I made that comment in the column that there's there's an entirely different column in that issue on itself, and that was initially what attracted me to the to the case. But you you, you say it's a failure of Odenatamariki, but I mean, this is and obviously I have some with 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 unethical judges or breaches of um of rules. A, a slight. <laughs> we won't go there. there. John. We don't need to go there. But you know, you've got one job. You know, Mr. Attorney General, Mr. Judicial Conduct Authority, uh, even uh, the uh, the justice spokesperson for the opposition, of which I, I, I don't even know who that is now. Um, if this is not your job, what what is? Because this story has now been out there for what six weeks since 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 the yeah I think it was I think, I think it was, was on. Obviously, the yeah. judgment's more recent, but the intervention in the court minute. That was public for some time. And other than your column, I've seen zero follow-up on it. And this is this is the incredible thing. But for this judge, you know, he's a family court judge, uh, probably not particularly high, senior in, in the hierarchy of it. We, this, we, we this, had to talk about before we came on tape how to pronounce his name. <laughs> and we're not 100% sure that we've got it right. But, Apologies um, if it's wrong. Um, um, but... But this uh, judge was just remarkable. Here he is, relatively junior in the judicial hierarchy, but sufficiently imbued with the honours and the traditions of his profession, made a stand. And and when you look at the injustice that was happening, so you, you've got these caregivers who are making a truly heroic stand for this young girl, just incredible you have a ministry who is lying you have it and the judge is very careful with his words but you know it's it's pretty clear that he's not confident that the information being put to him by ministry staff are, are accurate uh and but for this one truly heroic judge in my opinion the case could have gone the other way um, there was obviously significant political pressure for it to go the other way. There's some news stories that it might be uh, appealed, which I certainly hope that, that it isn't. Um, and I certainly hope that if there is a if there is an appeal, that the ministry um, does not support that appeal and, and, and actively supports the young girl um, and the true caregivers. But 
we, the entire system fell down to the integrity of, of this judge. It's, it's, it's stunning. It's incredible. And it's really concerning that How not just, I mean, I'm not that surprised that the chief executive of a government department I mean, here you've you've got somebody with a with a with a long and proud tradition. You would have expected that he would have known it was inappropriate to do so. But you know, you can you can understand that a chief executive of a government department you know may do that. I do not expect senior judicial officers in that situation to do anything other than remind the chief executive of the separations of power, of the difference between the executive and the judiciary. But they did not appear to do that. They appeared to listen to this chief executive and and instruct the judge or, or challenge the judge in some way. It's not really too sure exactly what, what has happened. And we only we only have uh, the comments from, from the judge in, in, in question. So we need to be a little bit careful because, you know, there may be other stuff happening that, that, that we don't know about. Um, but if we take what's been reported at face value, uh, it is, is extremely concerning that the entire system hung on the credibility and of, of that one judge. And so from that perspective, I don't think you should be that harsh on your profession because it, I no, think this it's is the instructive. Of, the, the you lack... only need one person, though, Jordan. You only need one person in the system to turn around and say stop. And then everything else, when you shine light on it, when you do as this judge did and you stand up for what's right, you see the, the implications of it. But you see, that's the point, is that my next question was actually going to be, how much do you think of this, uh, what, what appears to be a systemic problem in Aurora here is because family court is uh, generally always suppressed. I mean, this is, I mean, we're having to dance on the, um, uh, on the head of a pin here, but, you know, we don't have a judgment where the personal details are redacted that we can, you know, publish on our website saying, look at this for yourself, this is terrible. I'm certainly hoping that's what we get. Uh, I have applied to the court to get a copy of the judgment. Of course, you've got the advantage of reading it. I, I haven't. Um, uh, but the 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 question is, uh, how do you shine the light on this and hold these guys to account when they tend to have a protection of the stuff never seeing the light of day? This is one area where there's not open justice. Well, what didn't Nick Smith get into trouble for that a few years back? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I it was before my, it was before my time. But um, I think in the in the late nineties or very early two thousands, uh, Nick Smith um, published some or um, uh, raised concerns of matters that that were before, uh, that had happened in the fam- family court. And it cost him a fortune. I think he got done for either contempt of court or contempt of parliament for it. But I mean, uh, um, look, I don't, I don't know enough. I, you know, I, I certainly understand why this judgment, um, if it was to be released, needs to come with fairly heavy redactions, and the, um, because it's a lot of sensitive stuff in it. <clears throat> um, but. You know, that shouldn't be the a, case for the actions of Oderling at Tamariki. In the no, election. it doesn't. And, and and I think the opposition have a, a question to answer here as well. Because I mean, okay, Parliament's not sitting and all the rest of it. But this 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 is an issue. This is why we have an opposition. It's the sort of issue that, um, uh, you know, that either ACT or National should be getting up on, the, on, on their hind legs and, and making a song and dance about. Because I think it it is an, an issue that goes to the very heart 
uh, of what this organization is meant to be doing. They were criticized for uplift. It seems like they've gone in the, in the complete reverse direction. Uh, this was a bit of a test case as well. It's reverse uplifts in this case. It is. And, the, and um, this was a bit of a test case as well because there is a large, so I'm unreliably informed, I should be careful, but I'm unreliably informed that, this, uh, that there is a large number of these reverse uplifts on the cards. And so this was a bit of a test case uh, and it didn't go the ministry's way. And so hopefully that particular uh, program is going to be abandoned. Um, but this is the issue, I think, where you have a government department that is driven by ideology and that ideology is, is supported from the, from the very top. The, the chief executive at the time has, has gone now. But no, he's, have, on, he's, on, he's on medical leave, I think. I don't think he's gone. He's, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he... he did, He's on a leave of absence. He, he, he's not available. Right. Well, again, got to be careful because we don't know all of the facts. But in a, in a normal course of events, if a chief executive of an organisation behaves this badly, I mean, why why did the chief executive of, of the ANZ have to resign over some bottle of wine and, and, a, and a, um, some irregularities about a, a property deal? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, if the allegations as reported are correct, this is far more serious and offensive yeah. than, than anything happened there. And consequences should follow from that. And look, and, and it might be unfair and it may be a terrible way to win a career. Um, and the allegations as reported may not be, you know, we, we're not 100% sure of the facts here. Um, but it doesn't look like anybody's even having a look at it. Yeah, Nobody is picking up the phone or, or digging around or doing interviews or challenging what's happened here. If they are, they're not saying anything about it, but it doesn't look like it's been done. This would have been front page of the Dom 10 years ago. Like, it would have. I mean, this is a this is a classic Dominion Post-type story. It relates to well, it, It's a government-centric story. Uh, it's the, the personalities are well-known. Wirra Gardner is, is extremely well-known uh, in, 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 uh, in and around Wellington and in Maritim. Uh, it is a troubled government agency. Uh, it involves a pretty core um, responsibility and duty of the, of the state where for generations uh, there has been abuse uh, in relation to kids in the uh, in the uh, in the care of the state or um, as a result of decisions by the state to, to replace kids. Why is this getting so little attention? Well, optimistically, I would like to I would like to think it's because we are all obsessed with COVID, um, and uh, hopefully that that is that that is the case. And in three or four years' time, when we're finally um, over this COVID thing, maybe these sorts of stories will come back and get some more traction. I don't know. To me, it, um, I was a bit surprised when I read the judgment that other people hadn't jumped on it first. I was quite surprised that the opposition hadn't made more traction with this, because um, it's certainly something that, that should be picked up on, uh, in my view. And at a minimum, the Law Society or the Minister should be doing some work to see whether or not what has been reported actually occurred, and if it did, then we have serious issues. But it's 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 not just the the um, the judge um, that I think is here uh, deserves credit here. The the caregivers themselves um, 
the pressure that they must have been under and the grief and the uncertainty that they've been put through, I assume that they would have shielded um, the little girl from all of this as much as they can, but they would have known that they could have lost this case. Uh, and their, their activity, I think, is... Yeah, I think I'd, I described them as being heroes, and I, and, I, and I think they really are. Have they been in contact with you? Or if you'd rather not say, that's fine. Um, no, they haven't. And I didn't. Um, I didn't reach out to them. I didn't think it'd be appropriate. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I hope they. I certainly hope they read your piece because um, uh, uh, Damien, I get a lot of um, because it carries the watermark at the bottom that you're a member of ours when you write a piece that um, a lot of our people don't agree with I get the blame and I can honestly say that I've never even when it's about yours truly I don't seem to like what you, what, what you say but on this one uh, I really think that you've you, you're you're doing a public service and I um, I hope that uh, as a union as a as a few other things um, we've been able to uh, prompt the opposition parties along to take notice of i certainly hope that that this will be another one in the meantime though damien grant thanks for joining taxpayer talk thanks jordan